All right, join us now, our good friend, college guru, NFL guru, call him what you want, Trevor Maddich joins us now. Trev, how are you doing? TC, I am great. I am great. Really excited about this matchup in the Super Bowl. I had picked the Ravens to win the AFC Championship game over the Chiefs and make it to the Super Bowl, but I couldn't be happier that the Chiefs proved me wrong because, man, all the storylines from Kansas City matched up against the evil empire out in San Francisco. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, Trevor, let's start with that because that is funny that you mentioned the evil empire in San Francisco. Usually, Trevor, as you know, the evil empire is the New York Yankees. And, you know, people don't like the Yankees. And that, oh, that's still a mystery to me. Like, people just, you know, they hate on everybody that has success. But, People, someone was asking me earlier in the show about this, this, you know, San Francisco fans, you know, being, or, you know, the Niners being, you know, the evil guys and, you know, basically being the heels. And, you know, if we're going to go wrestling terminology here in Kansas City, being, you know, the baby faces here, I, I don't see it. You and I both grew up in, in Northern California. I don't see how the 49ers became the evil empire. So I'm going to let you elaborate on that because I'm a little confused. Well, let's start with a comparison of the Chiefs, and then we'll go to the 49ers. The Chiefs are like lovable, cuddly plushies that you want to take home and give to your kids. My wife, Dana, loves the Kelsey's um, podcast, New Heights. And, you know, I've only seen it when she's shown me stuff, but she just thinks they're great. She loves Jason Kelsey's uh, girls and his, his wife. I mean, his little kids are great. You know, you can't hate Travis for dating Taylor Swift when you look at his brother Jason's four-year-old daughter talking about how much she loves Uncle Travi and she hopes Uncle Travi wins except when they play the Eagles. I mean, it's just, it's just adorable beyond belief. And then you've got Andy Reid for the Chiefs as, as head coach, who's the anti-Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick helped to create the evil empire reputation for the Patriots when they were winning all those Super Bowls because of his outward persona. Andy Reid is just, he, he's the lovable uncle, for goodness sake. There's nothing to not love about Andy Reid. And if somebody wants to bring something up, I'm willing to listen, but I'm telling you right now, I think you're going to be wrong in advance. And then, of course, you got Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, may be the, when it's all said and done, the greatest player that's ever played, certainly one of the greatest players that's ever played. And yet when he talks, he gives credit to his teammates, to his coaches. He praises his opponents. He's exactly what you want him to be. The, as much as they win, the Chiefs, I just, just you got to try so hard to hate the Chiefs. Uh, Raiders fans in Las Vegas accepted. You are allowed to hate the Chiefs, but that's for a different reason. Now, 49ers, why are they the evil empire? Because of the way they win. They, it's like bowling pins, and they're the bowling ball. They just set you up and mow you down. Over the last number of years, they've been one of the most physical teams in the league. They just batter you. And on defense, they just steal your dreams, man. They stifle everything you try to do. And when they get ahead and you're trying to catch up, uh, elite pass rushers are coming from everywhere, smashing your quarterback. They're just, they're just jackhammers is what they are. They're sledgehammers. That's their reputation anyway. This year, they're a little bit different in some ways. But then they've got the last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy, who comes out and is one of the most exciting stories in the NFL over the last couple of years. 
And you're like, well, gee, the, the, the 49ers, the rich get richer. The rich get richer with Purdy in there at quarterback now. So I think because of the nature of the way that they play, the 49ers are much more likely to be seen as the evil empire than these lovable chiefs. Yeah, see, I look at the evil empire, you know, moniker as, you know, bad boys, you know, the Pistons back in the day. And, in, in, in like, the 49ers really don't have any bad boys. I mean, now, you're right. Uh, when you're talking about the cuddly waddly bear, there is no bigger cuddly waddly bear than Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt, and then it doesn't help uh, or it doesn't hurt, I should say, to have all of those you know State Farm commercials going with uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together. I mean, that's those are cute, they're funny, and and I, I get it. They've they've tapped into the casual football fan or even the non sports fans. So, hey, I like those commercials. And then of course, like you mentioned, the Travis Kelsey and the Taylor Swift thing. Of course, you're bringing a whole new audience. I I get all of that. But there's this guy, Christian McCaffrey, who's, he's kind of a cuddly, wuddly bear to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's, and plus, who does not like to watch Christian McCaffrey play? Oh, Christian, you're right about McCaffrey. You know, the only thing, the only way it could be better from a rooting perspective um, for McCaffrey is if he played for the Chiefs, right, <laughs> right. But, but you're right about that. I mean, he does everything right. His family, Christian McCaffrey, is phenomenal. His father Ed, one of the greatest receivers of his time in the NFL. His mom is probably the best athlete in the entire family. His brother just played in the Senior Bowl as a wide receiver, right? And so it's it's um, McCaffrey is just you, you want to root for McCaffrey. It's nothing nothing against any of the individual players. I, I love the individual players that I have followed there, Trent Williams especially at left tackle. You know, I'd love to see Trent get his Super Bowl ring. After all, he went through in Washington, and the way he was treated from – they just treated him so poorly, so incredibly poorly at Washington, and he just gave so much there. Guys like that you root for, you want to. Mm-hmm. But as you just look at the league, you know, you, you see the 49ers in their uniforms without looking past into the – uh, into the helmets to to know the guys because they just don't do the commercials that the that the Chiefs do, and they don't have the uh, high high profile girlfriend that the Chiefs does. The you know you just look at the style of play, and they just it's like stormtroopers, man. They just they just march out onto the field and lay waste to their opponents, and it's uh, it's just a different kind of a, a feel, I think. If you're a casual fan or an NFL fan who doesn't know either team well, I think that's the way you set them up in your mind. Trevor Match uh, joins us. Trev, so are you uh, backing the Jackhammers or the Cuddly Wuddly Bears? Oh, the plushies. Yeah. The plushies are going to yeah. mess with the Jackhammer. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting my brain fully wrapped around it. Right. But there, there, as I look at these two teams, the, the defenses, I would give the edge – to Kansas City, wouldn't you? <sighs> See, this is where I'm in a quandary, okay? Because all season long, we talked about the beasts or the jackhammers that the 49ers have on defense because they can get you with the pass rush, very good linebackers, good cover guys. And, you know, I never thought, okay, that 49er defense has a weakness. But what I saw, the Detroit Lions... And Jared Goff and even Jordan Love with the Packers do, 
you know, 400 yards plus shredding the 49ers defense, I'm thinking like, whoa, what has happened here? It's giving me a little cause for concern because, Trev, I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes anymore. I mean, I thought Buffalo would take him out. I thought Baltimore would take him out. Even though I love Patrick Mahomes and not a big fan of Lamar Jackson, I just thought, uh, okay, this Chiefs team just really hasn't gotten it together, but they have gotten it together ever since the Raiders beat him at Arrowhead. And since then, there's been a different Chiefs team. They've gone on the road. They've been the war, the road warriors. And they have been fantastic. So I'm in a quandary here, my friend. I really am. But what does put it over the hump, maybe, is that Chiefs defense. Because we've always seen the Chiefs defense be susceptible to big plays and maybe bend that don't break. But this year, they are rock solid. So I want to ask you, my friend. Compare these two defenses with the Niners and the Chiefs. Yep, and you're right about the reputation of the Niners on defense. That's why, you know, I kind of put a little caveat on there about the whole jackhammer thing. That's the way they play, but there's a few differences this year, especially late in the season. The 49ers defense, especially later in the season and into the playoffs, teams that could run did run, and they ran well. Green Bay averaged almost five yards per carry, 4.9 yards per carry on the ground against this vaunted jackhammer, sledgehammer 49ers defense. And then the Lions running attack just went off. I mean, went off on them. And really, the what was it, 17 to 7 or 24 to 7? What was the halftime score of that game? Oh, yeah. It was just, yeah, yeah 24 way, 7. Way in, yeah, uh, that the Lions led. And had it not been for one of the most memorable meltdowns in memory in the second half of a playoff game, the um, the Detroit Lions would be in the Super Bowl right now. Uh, but the 49ers, to their credit, took advantage of the Detroit Lions just messing up on offense over and over and over again, drop passes, turnovers, just all kinds of stuff, and the 49ers came back. But the thing is, had it not been for that, the story would have been how Detroit completely trucked the 49ers defense. Now, pass defense for the 49ers is still really, really solid. But if you can run, you can run. And the thing is, Kansas City can run. And then you throw into it the fact that Mahomes, uh, when he takes off and adds his ability as a runner uh, to it, uh, I think that Kansas City is going to feature the run. I think they're going to pound it until the 49ers prove they can stop it. And I think that's going to be one of the features of this game and one of the things to watch for. You know, I think Mahomes will probably throw it deep a time or two early just to keep the 49ers safeties honest. But then I think the, the Kansas City offense is going to run through the running game until they can't. Trev, what is the best way to, if you're San Francisco, what is the best way to defend this Kansas City offense? Cover. You have to cover. Mm-hmm. And that's easier this year than it's been because the wide receiving room uh, is really still suspect of Kansas City this year. Rasheed Rice, the freshman, not freshman, rookie uh, in the NFL wide receiver, uh, he has been phenomenal late in the season. But still, this is not a, a group of receivers in depth when you take Kelsey out of it that scares anybody. And so... You know, you, you, in terms of stopping the run, you're going to put people up on the line to do that because Isaiah Pacheco and the threat of, of, uh, Patrick Mahomes running is a problem. And then when Kelsey drops back to pass, 
And this is why covering is important. No matter how good of a pass rushing crew you have, you have to limit your pass rushing possibilities to stay in your lanes and contain Mahomes first. You can't throw your best move. You have to throw your best move that allows you to stay in the right spot so he can't get out of the pocket. That slows you down. That limits what you can do as a pass rusher. And so Mahomes is going to have time in the pocket to throw. So really it comes down to will the 49ers secondary and linebackers be able to cover, assuming that Mahomes has plenty of time in the pocket to survey the field. If they can't do that, they're going to get absolutely housed by Mahomes and what he can do if he's got time to throw. Now, you don't just stop your pass rush. You try to squeeze it in, but squeezing a pocket is a whole lot harder to do on a consistent basis than beating a guy because you're a fantastic pass rusher individually. I'm looking at how well will the 49ers be able to cover when Mahomes has time in the pocket because their passing game has to first keep him in the pocket. You know, when we look at the Kansas City offense, obviously we think of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, just, you know, devising a game plan, especially when you have two weeks to prepare. And all that, I think, is true and it's relevant. And everything that you said, it's like, okay, you know, they almost seem unstoppable. And the 49ers have the opportunity, to quote you, you know, to get housed. But here's my big question mark. Why have we heard so much all season long about the Chiefs offense struggling, especially in the red zone, because they are not putting up these electric big offense video game type of numbers. When you look at the Chiefs, they scored 17 against the Ravens, all right, 27-24 in Buffalo, 26 against a Dolphins team that was really banged up, missing six starters. You know, you go to that Chargers game, 13-12. to I mean, this team has been putting up 20, 24, 27, 17 points. I mean, I got to go back, Trev, to holy moly, to the first time against the Chargers, they put up 31. So why should we, you know, believe that Kansas City can can really put up a big day against the 49ers defense, which is still one of the best? It's because of situational football. You know, with the uh, the problems with receivers um, and with injuries in the running back room over the course of the season from time to time, the skill people just haven't been the same. Travis Kelsey has slowed down. Now, he's had a fantastic postseason. But during the regular season, he was good. He was very good. But he wasn't as good from a standpoint of yards for completion, from a standpoint of, of doing things he used to be able to do when he was a bit younger. Um, and he didn't have the wide receivers to take pressure off of him. So these are reasons why this offense didn't do what it needed to do. But here's what happened. Their running game stepped up. Isaiah Pacheco had an absolutely fantastic um, season when he was healthy and postseason as well, playing through injuries a lot of the time. And then the defense, of course, stepped up to be the number two defense overall in the league, second only to Baltimore. And so this team became a, a run-the-ball and defensive team who happened to have a great quarterback who didn't have the weapons he normally has. So when you talk about what the offense did, what they had to do was situational football. And they did just enough in the regular season to get to be the third seed. Mm-hmm. But then they stepped it up from an experience standpoint, not from a standpoint of putting tons of numbers up, but putting the plays 
out there that needed to happen to move the chains and to score the points and to move the clock when they had to do it. If I were to tell you before the season started that the Chiefs this year were going to have over 30 drops in the regular season and minus 11 turnover ratio, you'd probably think they weren't going to make the playoffs. Or if they were, they wouldn't go anywhere in the playoffs, right? Well, that's what happened in the regular season. Then if I would have said, okay, but they're going to make the playoffs, but in order to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to take that anemic offense and win at Buffalo and then win at Baltimore. You'd think it was absolutely as close to impossible as, you know, as you could think that they would make it to the Super Bowl. So why did they? Because especially when they got to the playoffs, Mahomes to Kelsey became electric once again. Kelsey doesn't run like he used to, uh, but he understands defenses better than he ever has. And his chemistry with Mahomes is as good as it's ever been. And so when a play had to happen, Kelsey would find a spot in between the zones or he would find a way to get separation from man coverage. And Mahomes would know exactly what he's going to do and put the ball there in that one moment when he comes open. And time after time, those kinds of heartbreaking plays to keep the offense of the Chiefs moving are why the Chiefs offense was able to help them get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not because of massive numbers, not because of electrifying plays, but because of heartbreaking moments due to the experience that they've got and the chemistry that they've got between Mahomes and Kelsey and put those things together with the other strengths of the team, especially on defense. And the offense didn't need to be the offense from the last several years. Trevor Maddich joins us, ESPN College football, former NFL vet himself, and uh, always uh, talking NFL with us uh, as well. Breaking it down, Chiefs, Niners, Super Bowl 58 here on Sunday. All right, so the big question mark for me, Trev, is Brock Purdy. When you look at Purdy, it's, it's not always Purdy. It's not pretty, you know what I mean? But when you compare his stats, at least, to Mahomes, they're better than his. He's got more yardage than Patrick Mahomes. He has more touchdown passes than Mahomes. He's got less interceptions. And, you know, but Purdy has not really looked great in these two playoff games against what was supposed to be lesser opponents than the Green Bay Packers, who was the seventh seed, and the the Lions, who came in on the road as well. He's been at home, but he hasn't been great. How do we expect him to react to, like you said, this number one defense that Kansas City has? And then, of course, you know, the Niners defense trying to keep Mahomes and and Pacheco and and Kelsey. And let's don't forget about Rice. I mean, Rice has been fantastic uh, from a receiving standpoint. Purdy, to me, is, is the big question mark here. And if he plays anything like he did in these last two playoff games, uh, I don't I don't see how 49ers can win. Well, you're, you're right about pretty, I think, exceeding expectations. And the numbers have been fantastic. And you can't take anything away from him from that standpoint. The, the thing, though, that he has got to do is not try to out Mahomes Mahomes. If he goes out there and tries to match Mahomes play for play, he's going to end up making mistakes because Purdy, you know, at times has looked really bad. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, over the course of the uh, over the course of the playoffs, the last two playoff games, um, the stat that I saw was that he had 17 passes that were off target. 17. Now that doesn't, uh, you know, I don't think that accounts for throwing the ball away because he's under pressure in the pocket or, or things like that. But at the same time, that that's an awful over two games, 17 errant passes. And, you know, Green Bay, they were able to win that game somehow, even though Green Bay was running the ball down their throat. Detroit, they won that game because Detroit lost it more than the 49ers winning it. And yet here he is. And the question is against a defense like the the Chiefs, which will be the best defense he's faced this year, how does he on this massive stage handle it mentally? Because, frankly, Purdy has not been very good in the playoffs. He just hasn't. Whereas Mahomes has been vintage Mahomes. The difference is that Purdy has a much better group of skilled players to get the ball to than Mahomes does. Right, as good as Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for the Chiefs, is and has been, McCaffrey is a lot better. As good as Travis Kelsey has been in the playoffs, and he's been clutch in the playoffs. George Kittle, the tight end for the 49ers, is younger and better, in my opinion. And I would rather have Kittle right now if he just gave me the choice between those two players and didn't account for the chemistry with the quarterback. And then with Debo Samuel at receiver, I'd rather have him than Rice, the rookie for the Chiefs. And so, you know, Purdy has the guys to distribute the ball to that Mahomes does not. Purdy cannot win this game by being great. Purdy can lose this game by trying to do too much too early in the game. You know, we talked before the Detroit game, TC, about how what Purdy needed to do in that game was just distribute distribute the ball, get it to the right guys. Well, he did that just enough, but not particularly well for four full quarters. That's where he needs to get better now on the biggest stage. Final thing here, Trev, for you. What is the biggest matchup or the key matchup that you're looking for here that is really intriguing you and could be the difference in how this game turns out? It's going to be Kelsey against the 49ers, safeties and linebackers. Kelsey doesn't get open anymore because he's better than you physically. He gets open because he knows more than you. As a matter of fact, when you watch him pre-snap in motion and shifts and things like that, he just moseys around. He just doesn't have it anymore to 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 expend too much energy pre-snap. So he just kind of gets to where he's going and all of that. When it comes to running routes down the field, you don't see him come off the ball with explosiveness and you go, wow, look at that guy run. You just don't. But somehow he ends up in a spot where the ball can get to him and be completed over and over again. The Ravens ran a lot of zone. Well, the 49ers are going to try to do that as well. And Kelsey is a master of knowing how to manipulate zones with stems. In other words, he'll, he'll start his route one way and then he'll end up going a different way to get between two guys in the zone, having widened one of them with his stem. And then he trusts Mahomes to be able to get the ball to him before the zones can converge on him. That's going to be the key. And when it's man coverage, that's the way it's going to be. If I'm the 49ers, I'm actually playing more man uh, against the Chiefs specifically because I want a guy pegged onto Kelsey as much as possible. But 
Kelsey against those players in zone and man coverage is going to be the key. If Kelsey can't do what he did against the Ravens, which I think was like 11 catches in that game, then Mahomes, as great as he is, isn't going to have very many places to go. Because I don't think Rasheed Rice is going to carry this team at wide receiver, and I don't think any other wide receivers that they have are really Super Bowl caliber. This is all about Kelsey moving the chains, Kelsey finding a, a clear spot in the end zone. And if he can't do that, then I think the Chiefs are in trouble. Wow. So look at that. I mean, we've been all over the place here on both sides. You said that the, you know, the 49ers could get housed here and then the Chiefs could be in trouble. I mean, this is, this is a great matchup. This is what I love about, you know, the Super Bowl in Vegas is one thing, Trev, but I'm so excited that we've got the 49ers and the Chiefs because let's let, you know, two great fan bases, two great teams on both sides of the ball, two top tier defenses. I mean, this is, you know, for Las Vegas to get their first Super Bowl, to have these two teams, I mean, this is special. I'm just so glad it wasn't a wild card team that got in here. And again, say what you want about the lovable Lions being a good story and everything. I don't want to see them here. I want the Chiefs. I want the 49ers. This is going to be great, isn't it? And hence, this is what you get with the point spread, too. Virtually a pick em. Yeah, and the thing is, I think both teams are going to run the ball. The 49ers, keep this in mind, that their head coach, Kyle Shanahan, was offensive coordinator when Atlanta lost to the Patriots in the right, Super Bowl. Right. And he got a lot of criticism for moving away from the running game in the second half of that loss. And then he was head coach um, against the Chiefs here recently in the Super Bowl and got criticism for getting away from the running game uh, in that game. So I, I think he's just going to keep the pedal to the metal and, and not go for three in a row being criticized that way. That's one thing. But I'll tell you this, though, about Las Vegas and stuff. I always thought that the Super Bowl should be – Three out of four years, it should be in New Orleans. And then one out of four, it should go to other places. Because New Orleans is set up for hundreds of thousands of fans to pour in and have all kinds of fun with adult activities, walk back to their hotels, and then leave when it's over. And it's like nothing ever happened. Right. Las Vegas is that way, too. Yes. So I think it should be two two New Orleans, two Las Vegas, and then one everywhere else. I, I'm so excited to see how Las Vegas hosts this game. Hey, you know, another topic here before I let you go is the, the practice field situation here. Now, oh, I don't yeah. know how closely you've been following that or not, but how big a deal is this? Is it a big deal when you now you've, you've got these you know, scientists that are talking about the grass? Okay, now we understand. Okay, the Chiefs are the home team. Okay, it's the, the even years. The AFC is the home team, so they're in the Raiders facility. Uh, the UNLV facilities major upgrade over years, the Fertitta football complex, but you know, the NFL comes in and puts grass over the turf field here. And the Niners are saying, Hey, this turf is too soft. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to practice here. Is this an issue or not? Yes. Yes. It's an issue. The reason is timing. NFL offenses are all about, about matchups and about timing. And if you go two weeks without playing a game and not even being able to practice, at the proper speed in the week leading into the game, you might need a few series to kind of get it back up to speed at a game that's essentially pick them, uh, losing a couple of series because you're, you're getting your timing back is, is potentially a problem. So absolutely, not from a standpoint of knowing what to do, but from a standpoint of, of maximizing timing and practice leading into the game, that's a big deal. 
Okay. I mean, is it, I mean, I don't know, you know, um, if you majored in, I don't know what this is, you know, chemistry or graciology or whatever it is, uh, Trev. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that, that type of graciology, you know, if, if you partake in that, I don't understand. But anyway, but you know, what's, what's the difference between like, say, uh, uh, 50 G's, which is too soft versus, you know, the 70 G's, which is, um, you know, where the 49ers prefer it. You know, we're talking about g-spots here trevor do you like your g-spot you know a little lower a little higher a little harder a little softer what's the deal here i, I can't well, units of gravity by the way that's what the g means 100 g's i guess means you know hard g-spot hard gravity 70 is like right in the middle but they the field at unlv is 50 so i don't know you know you tell me how, how big a deal that is or you know how uh, much of a difference that is no well it, it makes a difference when it it forces you to change the way you you cut. When it forces how hard it changes the way an offensive lineman can fire off the ball. It changes how fast a pass rusher can come around the edge and not spin out because he loses traction. That's where you get the problem. Because if you're just jogging around, well, hey, that's no big deal. But in the drills where guys are going full speed, you got to slow down. You got to chop your feet more. You got to take into account the fact that you don't want to slide out. You don't want your feet to, to, you know, force the turf to give way. And then you're on the ground. And by the way, that's a really good way to, to, to pull a hamstring or a groin. It's also a really good way to tear an ACL. Mm-hmm. So guys are actually aware of that limit of traction and they make sure to stay inside of that limit of traction. And that affects how fast you can go and that affects your timing. Trev, great stuff, my friend. Uh, it doesn't matter. You're breaking down X's and O's. You're breaking down weather for us. You've brought. Uh, you've broken down grass for us. Very important. Oh, yes. Very yeah. uh, and, and we know that we both can break down food. We know that. Oh man! Well, I, I'm I am the David Copperfield of food. I can make it disappear. Uh, the problem is, if you watch closely enough, you'll see how I do it. Oh, geez. What is on the Trevor Maddich menu? Because I know you're going to be staying home. I'm going to be dealing with the uh, the press box food there at Allegiant. And I'm, I'm really hoping the Super Bowl you know committee comes strong here. I'm sure they will. So I, I think I, I'll starve myself all day on Sunday. Uh, we'll do that. But what about you? What are you having? Yeah, you listen, you, you being up there in the press box at the Super Bowl, it could be stale peanuts from the airlines. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, Wow. You know, it's going to be great. But I'm going to be with my wife, and she is a master chef. Oh, yes. And I'll tell you, yes. her chicken wings, it, they are juicy and plump and tender and delicious. I love plump. You, I love juicy. Mm, yes. Oh, when you eat Danish chicken wings, mm. you can't go anywhere else and eat chicken wings with any seriousness at all. You know, it, just, it ruins all chicken wings. Literally, I have never had chicken wings that weren't awful compared to Danish chicken wings. So she is going to, she's a big Chiefs girl now. She's a Kelsey girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's going to wear her sequin Chiefs jersey. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a uh, chicken wings and Kelsey Day. Does Dana Dane's chicken wing service deliver? Will she, will she deliver to Las Vegas? 
Let me put, no, no, she won't deliver to Las Vegas, but I will be sitting in the man chair and she will deliver them from the kitchen to the man chair. Oh, no. That's no. very gracious of her. She doesn't have to do it, but she's wonderful that way. I, okay, I need pictures because I've, I've, I think I, I have sent you pictures of the world famous chicken wings at the Cosmopolitan and Blue Ribbon. I mean, nothing like it, Trevor. They are the Cadillac of chicken wings, as I say. And I, I, every time I bring a guest there, they go, wow, these are the best chicken wings I've ever had. So I'm not, I'm not saying that we need a competition here of putting Dana's up, but I need to get you to Las Vegas. I need Dana to maybe cook some before you guys get on the plane, whenever that's going to be, and we'll uh, smuggle them in. Well, I'll get the permission. Don't worry. And we got to do a taste test, maybe a blindfolded taste test at at Blue Ribbon with with Dana's chicken wings. Can I get you guys up for that? I'm finding any way to get you to Vegas, Trevor. Anyway, I mean, I've been begging you to get here forever. I, 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 we hope to see you. We're, we're going to head out that direction. We're hoping to be able to, to, to get close up to Vegas to be able to stop by and say hi. But TC, I know you love chicken wings. Yes. But for some reason, you always find a way to get blindfolds into the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. My friend, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. All right. I want pictures and, uh, of the food, of course. And, uh, don't necessarily need pictures of you chomping on the food. Just, you know, pictures of Dana's great, but pictures of the food. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely the food. Awesome. Right. These chicken wings, I've, you know, you've got my mouth watering here, my friend. That's all I got to say. Oh, they're good. And have fun at the stadium. I mean, you're the yeah. voice of sports in Las Vegas. Overall, you're the voice of the Las Vegas Aces, the multi-champion WNBA team. And now you're going to be in the press box at the Super Bowl right there in your hometown. I'm excited for you. You deserve this, PC. I hope it's a wonderful time for you. I appreciate it, Trev. Thanks, brother. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, DC. There he is. We'll uh, get Trevor back on uh, next week for a recap.